it's great to have two minds working together. We like to have our CPA work with our bookkeeper and have the CPA lead the side on the tax strategies and collaborate. And to us, we get almost like a two-person team working together to get our books, to get our taxes. Do you feel you're wasting money you could be keeping in your pocket? Well, many private label Amazon sellers don't even know where they're wasting money, let alone how to stop it. And if that's you, we can help. Our new online assessment helps you identify your biggest Amazon profit killer and what to do about it. For a powerful and quick diagnosis, go to amazonprofitquiz.com. That's amazonprofitquiz.com to get your instant free analysis straight away. Ladies and gentlemen of the internet, welcome to the 10K Collective Podcast, the place to be for six, seven and eight figure Amazon sellers. So we are here today talking about a really important, if mundane topic, which is bookkeeping. A lot of people I know have struggled with this in the e-commerce space who are otherwise excellent at marketing. And I've literally seen one of my friends get a nosebleed from trying to deal with his finances once in a mastermind meeting I was a member of. That's how bad it can get. But even if it doesn't result in physical injury, it's certainly a topic we've got to address. Nathan Hirsch is our guest today, a massive overachiever in the e-commerce space. He's now on, I think, his maybe fourth business in the space having sold millions on Amazon and then sold a business a while ago as well. So Nathan, warm welcome back to the show. Yeah, thanks for having me. Hopefully I can continue to add value to your audience. Absolutely. I'm sure you can. So we also just get a quick check in with you. Obviously, a lot of people in the e-commerce space will know you by now because you've been out there doing a lot of different things, but just a one minute version of who you are. Yeah. So I started selling on Amazon back in 2008, 2009, sold about 25 million in the early days of Amazon from 2009 to 2015, drop shipping a lot of baby products and toys from my college dorm room. If you can imagine me with more hair, a single college guy selling baby products. And from there, I scaled that business using a lot of virtual assistants and freelancers. I was young, so hiring people in the US, hiring college kids was very difficult. Then to the VA freelance space early, Use that to launch FreeUp, a marketplace for e-commerce sellers to hire pre-vetted VAs and freelancers. We started that with $5,000, scaled it to do around $12 million the last year that we, before we sold it at the end of 2019. It was acquired by one of our clients. We, the acquisition went great. We have a great relationship with the new owners. And since then, I've launched and I'm running two businesses. One outsource school, which I've talked about in the podcast before, which teaches our hiring processes. And the same process we use today to, to hire our entire team and our newest business, which we launched at the end of last year, early this year, Ecom Balance, which we're trying to design the easiest monthly bookkeeping service out there for e-commerce sellers. So that's really been my main focus now on outdoor school and, and Ecom Balance. Yeah, I'm a huge admirer of the way you do things because you really cut to the chase. You've been somebody I've reached out to on multiple occasions for my own business, for client businesses. And so you're good at getting stuff done, but also stepping out of the picture and getting other people to do the bits that you don't want to keep for yourself, which is most of the business. You're pretty good at making time for yourself and your family. And so I think that's the dream that a lot of stressed e-commerce operators have. And obviously hiring a bookkeeper is getting one of those essential things off your desk. But today we're going to talk specifically about some of the errors that you're seeing Amazon and e-commerce operators making with their bookkeeping. Because obviously if you do the outsourcing business process rather badly, 
then it's not going to add to your joy. It's going to add to your stress. So what impact, first of all, before we get into the detail, what impact do you see errors in bookkeeping or relationship with bookkeepers having on e-commerce operators' businesses? Yeah. So I want to start at a high level. So this is kind of my overall mentality on being an entrepreneur and doing bookkeeping. First of all, there's no situation that you should be doing your own books as an entrepreneur. First of all, it's just not a good use of your time. Your time is better spent launching new products, marketing, sales, growing your business, getting additional marketplaces, whatever it is. And second of all, most entrepreneurs are just not good at bookkeeping, especially e-commerce bookkeeping, which ends up being some of the most complicated compared to other businesses. So most of the time that I see entrepreneurs trying to do their own bookkeeping, it just has to be redone anyway by someone else. And cleanup work is a lot more expensive than actually just getting a good bookkeeper from day one. And so that that's my take on anyone who's listening, who's trying to do their own books or thinks that they're going to take a, a course on QuickBooks and, and be able to do that. That's just the wrong mentality w- when it comes to it. Now, your bookkeeping setup, you don't need to know every little thing about bookkeeping. You don't need to know the ins and outs of QuickBooks. You don't need to know every single tax law. What you do need to have is a good system in place where Every time a month ends, you get your reports, your income statement, your balance sheet, your cash flow by the 15th, the 10th, the 15th of the next month. And you should have a meeting on your calendar every single month, a meeting that's not missed between you and your business partner, you and your team leaders, you and your bookkeeper, whatever makes sense for your setup, where you go through these statements and you make decisions for your business based on what the numbers are actually telling you. And this is something that Connor and I have done every single month going back six years now for all of our companies. We're not the ones actually doing the bookkeeping, reconciling the accounts, but we do get these reports and we do go through them together every single month. That should be your process. It should be on autopilot. You should be able to repeat it every single month. And from there, you should have the mindset of the right tools. So for e-commerce sellers, QuickBooks and Xero should really be the only two accounting softwares you should consider. Now, there's other softwares out there like Wave, which is free. And I would argue that it's free for a reason. And at some point, you're going to have to go to some of the major tools like QuickBooks or Xero. Those are the two I recommend. That means not keeping track of your books in Excel and not using the other free softwares out there. And lastly, and I'll let you jump in, For whatever reason, Amazon and other platforms make it very difficult to get accurate numbers into QuickBooks. So you have to have a connecting tool. A2X is the one that we use. We spent the first 90 days of Econ Balance testing every possible connection tool out there. And for whatever reason, A2X is the one that that gets the most accurate information consistently with the least amount of bugs. So that should be your overall setup. The mentality that you shouldn't be doing your books, that it should be on autopilot every month with that monthly meeting and that you need to use either QuickBooks or Xero with a connector like A2X. Nice. As usual, delivering really to the point value as ever, Nathan. So just a quick revision of that. Have a process as a business owner, but don't do your own books. And yeah, the right tools definitely important. Yeah, I've used Wave. I've used QuickBooks. I've used Xero. I can attest to what you're saying. Wave is free for a reason. It looks okay up to a point and then it breaks down. The other tool set that's quite useful if you're UK based, I have to say, has been Link My Books, which deals with VAT, possibly a bit better than A2X. Is that something you guys have tried out as well? Or have you found that it's just not quite as accurate as A2X? Yeah. So it's okay from an accuracy standpoint. I don't believe it connects to as many marketplaces as A2X, which is an issue for us since we're a bookkeeping service that deals with a lot of e-commerce sellers that sell all over. So I'm not saying A2X is the only tool out there that you can use, but there's some newer tools out there that 
aren't necessarily worth your time to try and test and figure out all the bugs, I would use an established tool that's been in the space that can get you accurate numbers. Yeah. And the only reason that I would probably hold a candle bit for Link My Books is because I know the two guys who who founded it and they're both super sharp and very practical entrepreneurs. So I think for UK-based or European-based, if you sell on Amazon specifically, it might tip the balance. But yeah, A2X, I've also used pretty pretty solid tool. I'm with you there. Okay. So we got the setup then. So let's assume that you've got a bookkeeper and that you're working towards or hoping to get that monthly accurate set of figures and that you're going to actually be wise enough to be guided by the data. So what are the errors that you see people doing in terms of their bookkeeping when they are, let's divide it up. Let's say, what are the errors? We talked about the error of doing it yourself. So I guess we've dealt with that, not that on the head and using Excel. So we've dealt with those two. What are the errors you see when people are trying to do it in a bit more of a grown up way? There's still presumably ways to screw it up. What are those ways? Yeah, a big a big one, and this is why you use something like A2X, is people will take the net that's deposited into their bank account, and that'll be the top line on their income statement, when really the top line in your income statement should be the total sales on Amazon, and then subtract fees and returns and stuff like that in order to get you the gross. So making sure that if you work with a bookkeeper and they're using the net that's going to your bank account as the top line in your P&L, that's a big red flag that they don't really understand e-commerce. So that's one part of it. Another part, another big mistake is doing cash basis. So Joe Valley, who I think you from Quiet Light, he talks about this a lot in his book, Exitpreneur. If you're, if you really want to get a good picture of how your business is doing, you need to have accrual versus cash basis. So cash basis means every time you charge goes on your credit card, every time money comes into your bank account, that's when it goes on your books. Accrual is when you actually enter into the agreement. So if you're going to buy, if you're going to buy something from a vendor, let's say, even if you don't pay them right away, it would still go into your books if you're using accrual. If you're owed money, that would go into your books even before you receive the money. That's the way accrual works. And the reason that's important is let's say that you buy $50,000 worth of inventory in January. If you do cash basis, that's going to be a pretty large expense in January, which is going to show you maybe a large loss or, or a small profit. But then maybe your next month show much bigger numbers because there isn't that $50,000. And at the end of the day, that doesn't really tell you enough about your business. You need to either have it display in the month in which you sell the product, or you can do cost of good averaging, which is very common, where you would take that $50,000 and average it over, let's say, the next three months that you're selling the product. And that actually gives you a much better sense of what you're making. And more importantly, if you go to sell your business down the line, you're going to get a much higher multiple if you're doing a cruel basis versus cash. The other thing that's incredibly important is segmentation. If you're selling on different marketplaces, let's say it's Amazon US, Amazon Europe, Amazon Japan, you want to know how each marketplace is doing. Same thing with different SKUs. You might be selling five SKUs and only one of them is profitable. And you're wasting a lot of time, a lot of money on four SKUs that you're losing money on, but you don't know because your books aren't segmented and you're just looking at the net of what you're making. So those are some common mistakes that, that we see. Yeah, I, that makes a lot of sense. And I, it's not easy to do, actually, in my experience. Cash basis accounting, obviously, that's not so hard to achieve with QuickBooks or Zero, which both will produce things in a cruel basis. But I have to say that I there was one of our mastermind members who in dollar terms, probably did about $10 million in their last financial year that I'm aware of. And they only just switched over to accrual basis accounting. And that business has been around for about a generation. So <laughs> some people leave it a long time, don't they? Is that because it's harder to do accrual basis accounting, do you think? Or what do you think is behind sticking with cash for longer than you should as a basis of accounting? 
Yeah. So it, there could be a few reasons. It could have to do with the bookkeeping or bookkeeper or bookkeeping service. There's lots of what I consider a bulk bookkeeping service out there like bench.com that only does cash basis. They won't do accrual. If you're a good, if you're a real e-commerce bookkeeper and you know what you're doing, you're able to do accrual and QuickBooks has settings where you can easily go back and forth between accrual and cash. The kind of overall mentality with bookkeeping is it's always best to make moves now. A lot of people want to delay, whether it's switching from cash to accrual, or maybe it's just getting your books into QuickBooks or cleaning up that mess that your last bookkeeper created. And the longer you stall, the longer you delay, the more expensive it becomes, the bigger the project comes. And it's always the best idea to just focus on it now, pay that fixed price, get a good bookkeeper in there, set up the processes. There's very few people that get their bookkeeping set up and regret doing it, even though it might cost a little bit of time and money up front, it's going to save you tons of time, tons of money down the line, and can even make you money when you go to sell your company and you have all your books in order. I know when we went to sell FreeUp, we had four years of immaculate books from the day we started the company up until when we sold it. And we knew our numbers very well. We had numbers for everything. Every time we were asked a question during due diligence, we were able to quickly deliver an answer. And that's one of many reasons we're able to get through the due diligence process. Yeah, it makes sense. It's very short-term thinking. And you're right, there's always so many things to do on there. So prioritizing back-end stuff and overheads is always a bit scary, but I'm with you on that. So you talked about lack of segmentation by marketplace and by products. It's obviously really critical. Are there any sort of other errors related to lumping everything together rather than splitting them out? Yeah, the chart of accounts is key. When you work with a new bookkeeping service, that make sure that you understand the chart of accounts. You don't have to set it up. You don't have to know the ins and outs of QuickBooks, but you should be able to look at the line items on your PL and know what those accounts are. And it should make sense for your business. So that's why Shelia, who's our head financial controller, we made sure that she was an expert at chart of accounts. She has a great system that allows you to make tweaks, allows you to be customized to the client's business because everyone's everything's different and also put it in a way that the average entrepreneur can understand. If you have a messy chart of accounts, everything else becomes more difficult and more confusing down the line. So get it set up correctly. Make sure that you understand what your chart of accounts is. And a good way to think of it is every time you spend on your credit card, you don't actually have to reconcile it. But in your head, you should know, hey, this is going to go into this expense category that we created because you know what your chart of accounts is. Okay, that makes sense. And are there particular items that I know that when I look at my chart of accounts, there are some slightly confusing things under assets or liabilities, which tends to enter into the balance sheet, which is less of a familiar territory for me than profit and loss statement, which I guess most of us tend to veer towards. Are there particular line items that you find people get confused about? Yeah. The chart of accounts is very specific to the actual business. That's why we like to customize it. So it's not like there's one necessary line that confuses people. Our goal, let's take expenses, for example. Our goal is to not have seven pages of different chart of accounts where it gets so detailed where every single expense fits in this very small subcategory of subcategories. But at the same time, you don't want just to say expenses and it's one big bulk that doesn't actually help you make decisions. You want it divided out between subscriptions, between different types of maybe warehouse expenses, stuff like that, so that you can see trends. Because when you're looking at these books, you want to be able to compare this month to last month this month to the same month last year, assuming you've been in business for longer than a year, and you want to see, hey, is my payroll going up? Is my payroll going down? Are my 
computer expenses going up? Are they going down? And be able to look at that compared to sales because a lot of people fall into the trap where maybe their margins over time are getting smaller. Their sales maybe are staying the same, but their expenses are starting to creep up. And you want to be able to recognize that early so you can make any adjustments needed. Yeah, that's a very common thing, isn't it? They say the overhead walks on two legs and over time you add more and more staff to gradually do things, which probably includes a bookkeeper, ironically. But tell me more about that. Let's deal with that on the head. That's not very well put. Let's deal with that face-to-face, which is the thought that somebody listening might have right now, which is, okay, I get that in theory I should have nice clean books, but how do I justify the cost of a bookkeeper as adding to my overhead? Yeah, th- there's three essential things you need in your in any business that you start, and there's no way around it. The, the first thing is a lawyer. You should have a lawyer. Second is a CPA, or in Europe, I'm not sure exactly what it's called, but someone to do your taxes, an accountant that handles the tax side. And then lastly is the actual bookkeeper. And we've always liked to divide it up between having a CPA, a tax person, and a bookkeeper in all of our businesses. And there's a lot of benefits to doing that. First of all, CPAs tend to be more expensive than bookkeepers. So having a CPA do your bookkeeping tends to be more expensive. Second of all, CPAs a lot of times are doing your books in a way for you to do your taxes at the end of the year. You can have accurate books that are right from a tax standpoint that don't give you the information you need every single month to really make decisions based on those numbers. And a lot of times they're not able to get that autopilot where it's Month ends, books by the 15th. Month ends, books by the 15th, because they have their busy seasons from March to April in the US, October as well. They fall behind on tax stuff, which delays the bookkeeping side. So being able to do that consistently becomes very hard for them. And lastly, it's great to have two minds working together. We like to have our CPA work with our bookkeeper and have the CPA lead the side on the tax strategies and collaborate. And to us, we get almost like a two-person team working together to get our books, to get our taxes. And that's the kind of setup that you need. So for people thinking that they can't necessarily afford it, you don't necessarily have to go with a service. You can start small, you can upgrade later, but it's an essential part of any business. It's just like you have to pay Amazon fees. It's just like you have to pay that lawyer or someone to do your taxes. There's no way around it. A good bookkeeper long-term is going to help make you money because you're going to be able to make great decisions each month instead of just flying by the seat of your pants and making decisions based on gut. Yeah, I guess it's the difference between if you wanted to save a tiny bit of weight in your car, if you had a really stripped down beach buggy or something, I, I'm I'm getting out of my comfort zone because I've never driven a car like that, but you might be tempted <laughs> to strip the speedometer out. But of course, then you have no idea whether you're breaking the law. And that's not a good plan. Yeah. And I, to your point about separating CPA, which in Britain, by the way, we call a chartered accountant. So I don't know what it is in other countries, but it's a very good point. Chartered accountants are really good at tax and often they have no idea how to deal with the day-to-day operations of an e-commerce business, in my experience. And a lot of people I work with in mid six, even seven figure sellers, they often will have an accountant that they've been with for years. And before they got into e-commerce, they've been used to them doing their annual accounts and It turns out they're really the wrong person for that job. So I take your point on that. So look, obviously you guys are in the business of helping people with bookkeepers. You've implied already that you work multi-channel. So tell us a bit more about the services you guys offer at Econ Balance as well. Who do you help and what do you do for them? Yeah, so we have a 10-person bookkeeping team that knows e-commerce very well, a hybrid of US and a team in the Philippines. Team in the Philippines are a lot of times CPA equivalent, very high-level bookkeepers. And 
Our goal is to focus on monthly books. Now, if you're behind, we can help you do cleanup and catch up. If we're doing your monthly books, we can help you with add-on services, whether it's paying vendors, payroll, sales tax, stuff like that. But our core focus is the monthly book. So we want to make it as easy as possible for clients to get a quote. You fill out a pricing form and give us access to your current books. We get you a quote. Assuming you agree to that, we get the access we need. Our goal is to get view-only access to your account so that we don't have to bother you every single month for statements. We want to be able to pull information and to really understand your business so that we know what certain transactions are without coming to you. So once we get integrated, we hit the ground running, we deal with any cleanup or catch-up work and Our goal is to get you on autopilot as quickly as possible, where we bill you on the first, you get your books by the 15th. With any business that Connor and I create, we have an extremely high level of customer service where you can email us, you can text us, you can call us, you can set up meetings. Our goal is to help you understand your books so you can have those financial meetings and make those decisions and open up opportunities for you to have a less stressful tax season get investments or funding, sell your business if that's something you want to do. That's what Clean Books helps you do. So if anyone's listening, you get two free months of bookkeeping. Just mention this podcast when you go to sign up. And our goal is to really perfect this service. We're six months in. We've got about 50 clients right now and growing. And we want to really make this as hands-off as possible for our clients to make it sure that they know what's going on in their business. Amazing. That's nice and clear. And so 50 people have gone on for that already. And uh, you've got a team of 10, so that you've got quite a lot of strength in depth. So you're not going to get overwhelmed overnight, which is good to know. That's one of the things that happens with new service businesses. So that's very reassuring. And I believe, yeah, you've already said thank you very much. You were going to offer two, three months, which is great. So mention the 10K Collective Podcast or Amazing FBA, whichever one you remember, or Michael Vizi, that's me. I think you've also got some kind of reports or free downloadable as well, haven't you, Fred? Yeah, we have two things. So one, if you're wondering, how do I do this financial meeting every single month? We have a free PDF, Michael has the link, of the exact agenda of the meeting, what we go through, what we look for, what decisions we make each month based on the numbers. And we also have sample reports. So if you're wondering, hey, if I use Econ Balance, what do I get every single month? What does that package look like? We have sample reports that we put together so you could take a look. And I think our unique proposition and what we're really focused on is We're entrepreneurs first. We're e-commerce sellers first. We're not bookkeepers first. We hire great bookkeepers. Our bookkeepers are phenomenal, but we know what entrepreneurs like to see. We know how to speak entrepreneur and we want our reports to reflect that where the average person who doesn't consider themselves an expert at bookkeeping can really understand them and know how their business is doing and make decisions. Yeah, fantastic. And you're so right. There is a different way that a CPA looks at things and a bookkeeper and an entrepreneur. What we want to do is translate numbers into actionable insights and there's a whole art to that so i like that a lot and if you want to get those pdfs so the exact agenda how you're going to make decisions and sample reports just go to amazingfba.com forward slash ecom balances eco1m and then balance so that's it really great stuff we're going to talk briefly in our next episode about how to work with a bookkeeper because i think that communication with somebody who lives in a financial world and as you said an entrepreneur who thinks quite differently from most of the population can be a bit of a challenge but for the moment it just remains for me to say many thanks nathan for coming on the show thanks for having me thanks for listening to the 10k collective podcast for six and seven figure amazon sellers i really hope you found the show helpful to you Please don't forget to subscribe to the show. And if you're on Apple Podcasts, please do leave us a quick star rating. It will take you all of 30 seconds to do it, but it does mean we can be found by and help many more e-commerce business builders. 
I wish you fast and profitable scaling, and I hope you enjoy the process of building your seven-figure Amazon business. Thanks very much for listening.